Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, His Righteousness Endureth Forever. It shall be focused on a study of Psalms chapter 111 and 112. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy Word to know that your, your life is the only form of eternal life. So we thank Thee that You have imparted that in our hearts and, and in our beings and that through Your foreknowledge, Lord, You've elected us to do these things. We, we're more than grateful and we pray, Father, help us to be excellent ambassadors of Thy Word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next... We shall listen to Psalms chapter 111 and 112. Psalm 111 Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart, in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endureth forever. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He hath given meat unto them that fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. He hath showed his people the power of his works, that he may give them the heritage of the heathen. The works of his hands are verity and judgment. All his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever, and are done in truth and uprightness. He sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Psalm 112 Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. And his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established, he shall not be afraid, until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, The Message of Grace. This was preached in 1961 on August the 27th. We'll begin at paragraph 53 up to paragraph 84. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Now remember, in our teaching on the lessons that we've just been through, that we took the great pyramid and studied that for a while, that Enoch must have built. And the headstone was never put in the pyramid. I've been there. The architecture of it can never be replaced to this day. We have no machines that could build a pyramid. No powers, less the atomic power that could build a pyramid because it's too gigantic. Stone that will weigh 
tons and tons and tons stands way in the air, so put together that even a thin razor blade cannot, and they're not cemented. They're just cut so that they join one with another. That's the way the body of Jesus Christ should be. So cut by the Holy Spirit, but God's great instrument and tool that we be joined as one person. We are not divided. We should be one person. And it goes to show that no machinery can do that that way. It takes God to do that. No mechanics of organization, no lodges, none of these things can ever do it as good as their intentions are. They can never do it because that it takes God to do this, the Holy Spirit. I don't think I have a dollar bill in my pocket. But there is... Yes, I do. I have a dollar bill. I'm sorry. On the back of this dollar bill, you'll see the seal of the United States on the left side. Looking towards... From me, it'd be on the left side. Yours, it's right. It's the eagle. And also in there, the coat of arms and so forth. But on this side here, right side to me, you see the pyramid. And you notice above the pyramid is the capstone. And beneath there says the great seal. Even on our currency that we have to recognize. No infidel can stamp out Christianity. Every letter that you date dates the birth of our Lord. Every calendar, everything speaks of Him. Even on our currency, the headstone, which is Christ. Why did not they put the headstone on the pyramid? Because the headstone was rejected when He came. But now, according to the prophecy, there will come the headstone. Now I want you to notice that when the headstone comes, the prince that's going to cry out the message will cry, Grace, grace! Hallelujah. For it's by grace are we saved. That not of works, lest any man should boast. Hallelujah. And the message of grace has been tramped under the feet of man until it's become a disgrace. Some of them runs out into eternal security. Some runs out into everything. But the true message of grace remains the same, and there's where Satan tries to knock it out from the church. But it's the grace of God that we're all saved by. So in the deity of Jesus Christ, if the Lord God could come there and confirm that that is the truth, not only that, but by His Word He confirms it's the truth, and by signs and wonders He confirms it's the truth, then also grace is the truth. Then why could anyone criticize and say that grace is wrong, that we're saved by works, we are saved by grace, that through faith, not by works. Works shows that you have been saved, but what saves you is the grace of God. Grace saves you. Grace is what God does for you. Works is what you do for God to show appreciation of what God did for you. But by grace are you saved. Some people think it's because I go join church, put my name on the book. That's all I have to do. Some people think it's because I shout. That's all I have to do. Others think because I speak with tongues. That's all I have to do. 
Some thinks because I've got power to heal the sick, that's all I have to do. It's not. It's the grace of God that saves you. God's amazing grace. Hallelujah. I could not trust in any marriage. Some said, oh, there's a great man. That man, I've heard him stand up and do this. I've heard him stand up and do that. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, Though I speak with tongue of men and angels, though I have discernment, though I have gifts to feed, I'll take all my goods to feed the poor, though I can move mountains with faith, though I have knowledge to understand all things, I am nothing. The love comes in, which is grace. God has to do it. You can do all these things and still be lost. It's grace that saves you. God's grace to the human race. Hallelujah. To thank of Him. I was thinking of that grace immediately after that appeared. Friday morning, just at the break of day, up there in that field, when I sat on a log, later in tears come down in my eyes. Oh, God, Your grace has stooped to save me. Why did You ever have such pity upon a poor, illiterate wretch like myself. How did you ever come down to our humble little tabernacle where peace and people of low walk of life, poor, have nothing in this world, and still your grace is spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that you heal our sickness and save our sins, save us from our sins, rather, and make us your people. Deal with us. Then I thought of David. How that when he took a notion to build a house unto the Lord, said, It's not right for me to live in a house of cedar and the ark of the covenant of my God under sheepskins and a tabernacle. God told the prophet, Go tell my servant David, I took you from the sheep coat, from feeding them few sheep out there of your daddies. And made you a great name, like great man in the earth. I thought of the grace of God. How that he could do that. Amen. Save to the uttermost. And then would take a poor wretch like myself. And give me the opportunity to preach the gospel. And to see others saved. See them healed. See homes that's been broke up, straightened up again. See lives that's been ruined, made right again. And to give me grace. Oh, it's amazing grace. Then come to a degraded, low squirrel hunter out into the woods and form himself in the form of the rainbow, which means a covenant. With a message that he gave me to preach and form it there in a covenant that he's behind it. He'll be behind it because the message is of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. His glory. How He's let me go all over the world, round the world to the nations, to the millions of people, seen millions coming to the Lord and accept Him as personal Savior, seen Him filled with His goodness and sanctified by His power. Hallelujah. See Him healed by His great omnipotent power. Then I can cry out like the prophet and said, It's not by power nor by might, but it's by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Not by education, not by theology, but by the Spirit of God He saves the people. By the Spirit of God He heals the people. It's the Spirit of God that gives a message to the people. It's the Spirit of God that 
confirms the word. We've got theologians today. We've got doctors of divinity. We've got great men all over the world that's smart, intelligent, and educated, but it takes the simplicity of believing God to make his word speak out to show that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. It takes a humble heart dedicated to God to bring Jesus Christ unto present tense. Amen. If it taken theology, what would the Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, and so forth, we wouldn't have a chance us poor unlearned people. But it doesn't take knowledge. Not by power or by might, but by my spirit, saith God. I'll unfold this mystery. And he'll cry to it, grace, grace, with shoutings and crying. That's what it is today. God's amazing grace to his people. How he takes the illiterate, the unlearned, Shows that Jesus is the same. When he came, he never come to the great theologians. Neither did he go to Caiaphas as a high priest, only to be condemned by him. But he taught fishermen, men that were poor and walked a common life. And to that he revealed himself and said, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Show that his grace still reached down even from the Jews to the Gentiles to call a people for his name in this last day. As we have just been through it. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Grace is old. Grace is as old as the world is. Grace was first shown to the human race when we had a beginning of the human race. When the human race was first created in the Garden of Eden. On that dark morning when that little woman had stepped across the separating line. And had gone against God's commandments and enticed her husband to do the same thing. Then the law was broken. The law must have a penalty or it isn't no law. The law was the day you eat thereof, that day you shall surely die. Remember the first judgment seat was up on the earth. And it was in the Garden of Eden. And the last judgment seat will be up on the earth. At the end time, the white throne. But when Jehovah come down, I could imagine there wasn't even a star to shine. It was so dark in that light little garden that once was. Because sin had blotted about, had taken the light from among them. That's what's the matter with the churches today. That's what's the matter with the peoples today. Sin has blotted out. The light of the living God. To show that Christ still the same yesterday and forever. And he lives to save to the uttermost and to heal to the lowest sick person. Oh, how it was terrible that morning. Darkness hanging in the garden. I'd imagine fog of black sackcloth. I'd imagine every leaf never moved. There was no wind stirring. It was darkness and terrible because sin had blotted out. Amen. There come Jehovah down like a roar of thunder, walking through the garden, crying, Adam, where art thou? That's when Adam realized he is naked and had sinned before God. He hid himself and tried to make himself a religion, but it didn't work. God killed some sheep 
took the skins and showed that something had to die to cover sin. Joining church will never cover sin. No dry-eyed confession will ever cover sin. It takes sorrow and repentance and the grace of God to cover sin. Well, the blood of Jesus Christ, the one that God killed at Calvary, to cover sin. There, in the garden that morning, when sin was so black, Jehovah come in there, stood his couple, standing condemned. There would be no more human race. They had to die. Death on the human race. Give the world back to wild beast. And there had been no human race. But in that darkest of hour, in that time when all hopes is gone, grace come pouring through. Said, I'll give you a Savior and Messiah. Oh, it's a wonder how God could ever do it. God's amazing grace in the Garden of Eden. That give him the promise of a just one who could come to the woman. The woman's seed shall bruise the serpent's head, the guilty one. And his head shall bruise her heel to show there be an affliction to the church. But he promised a triumph. What provided a Savior? Grace! What could they show to Mary Grace? What could they show to do it? The army expression, excuse it, I only want to make it from a pulpit here to make a point, passing the buck. Adam said, the woman you give me did it. The woman said, the serpent beguiled me. One lady to another. There was no hopes for him. But God provided grace. And it come breaking through. And he said, but I'll make a way somehow. I'll save you regardless. You've done wrong. You've trespassed my laws. And my laws will have to be... My judgment from my laws will have to be executed. Therefore, it will have to be death because I've said death. Now, my Christian friends, and these tapes here that's being made will spread across the world. Let me ask you something. You who try to make God... Be three gods. Are you who try to make him to be one like your finger? He's one in person. It would not be right for God to make an angel die. He could not be the right kind of a judge and make an angel die for a human being. That still doesn't cure it. Because his great law demands death. And something's got to die, and an angel can't die. Neither could he say, Eve, because you caused Adam to do this, I'll make you die. Let Adam live, because Adam was partaker also. Like someone said, Pilate was justified. He washed his hands. You can't wash the blood of Jesus Christ off your hands. You'll never leave this building this morning and go to heaven if you die in your sins. On your hands. So it isn't right. There was only one just way. There's only one way that could be God's great law demands could be met. He had to meet it himself. He had to do it. 
God's a spirit and he can't die. Amen. So God had to be made man. And he died in human flesh in the form of a man called Jesus Christ. And that was the promised Messiah that brought the grace. There where you see that God in Christ is the same person, God dwelling in Christ. I am my Father, and one my Father dwells in me. Not me that speaketh the word, but my Father that dwelleth in me. God in Christ. Certainly, a grace was promised in the Garden of Eden. And grace came. Grace to Adam and Eve. Nowhere to go, no which way to turn. And yet grace made a way. Amen. Let me say this, my sinner friend. You may be here this morning a prostitute. You may be here this morning a woman chaser. You may be here a drunkard or a gambler or a murderer. You might be here as an impure husband, an impure wife. You might be the vilest of sinner. You say, I'm a past that stage of redemption. No, you're not, or you wouldn't be at the church this morning. Grace will make a way for you. In this dark hour, if you'll just accept it. Adam had to be willing to accept it. So do you. Accept it. The grace of God reached over in Noah's time. Noah, just an ordinary man. He and his family. But because Noah feared God, he believed God. You can't fear God without believing. How can you fear something you don't believe? You've got to fear God. Solomon said the fear of God's beginning of wisdom. Now, just to fear God, you're beginning to have wisdom. And the fear of God, Noah feared the Lord. And he believed the Lord. Amen. And that's what God honors is Amen. your faith in Him. That's right. Then, when the fear of God came upon Noah, God called him by grace and saved him and his house. Because it was grace that did it. Not because Noah was a great big handsomer man than all the rest of them. Not because Noah went to the best church there was in the country. Not because he belonged to the best in organization. Not because he could dress better. Not because he had more money. Not because he was some special person. But because of the grace of God, God saved Noah. Grace saved Noah. Not his works, but his grace. And also saved his family. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Your grace to know that it's unmerited favor, which we do not, did not deserve by any of our doing, but it was simply by Your sovereign grace. We thank Thee, Father, that You've elected us to be Your children, that You help us to live a life that exemplifies who You've made us to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Message of grace, 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 God's grace. Message of grace, grace.